where do you land on the Jonas front? Are you pro Joe or are you anti Joe? Um, I like a good Joe, a cup of Joe. A cup of cup of strong Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I like a cup of Joe. Um, I'm definitely the eyebrows that won you over. I definitely ride the Nick train. Do you? Interesting. Well, I so here's my thing. I saw them at a county fair concert back before they really got big like they were famous enough to have like fangirls like me and we had an album but it was like pre burning up so it Burn like, up. <laughs> so they hadn't like exploded yet you know yeah. um and when i saw them and i met them and i got their autograph okay so and nick and i nick if you're listening about the jonas brothers is what we're saying huh i was like with the band before the band was even a band <laughs> um that's what i'm saying like, cool. actually thank you i'm telling you and I know every girl has said this in her whole lifetime that has met a celebrity, but Nick and I had a moment. <laughs> Nick and I had a connection. We did. It was direct eye contact. I smiled. He smiled. And it was like at least five seconds long. You know what it was? Is I had big he boobs. literally searched high and low, hired multiple <laughs> private investigators, but couldn't find you. And so he's like, all right, Priyanka, let's go. <laughs> he had to settle. What can I say? You know, it was Emma, uh, then Priyanka, but Nick couldn't find you. It's okay. Nick, listen. Isn't I there like a choice. long song of his about that? Like about looking what? everywhere to find you or something? I'm, I think it's named Emma, but I don't know which album it's on. So Interesting. I feel like counterpoint, <laughs> it's not named Emma, <laughs> but there is a song that's like, searching high and low to find you so yes is what i'm saying that it's about yeah. me thanks i always think of it when i'm in a store and they don't have the product i want <laughs> like, <start laughs> in my head. i'm looking i don't know the song for you <laughs> <laughs> that old classic <laughs> no now i need to find it hang on <laughs> while you find it i'm gonna take a quick wee because you guys call that pee wee wee it's literally called Find You. Kill me. Please enjoy this brief musical interlude. This is probably not copyrighted, so I don't know how much I can play. Oh, you too bad. Sad. Oh, come on. If any of you want a Suzuki, they have ads on YouTube right now. I look for you in the center of the sun. See? Okay, that was probably over copyright, but nobody tell. Um, essentially, I was right, as I always am. Hannah's always right, you know? That's, that's the ancient Chinese proverb. And Find You is the song in question. So stream it wherever you get your music. Emma's not back yet, so I'm going to fill some airtime here. Um, I hope you're all doing super well. I hope there is anyone else but me on this call, because I think at this point in lockdown, the UK is going back into lockdown. If you're on a Zoom call with at least one other person by yourself, (sighs) just go to a dark place. Yes. Okay. I did find it, and I played it for 17 seconds, so there's a possibility that we've infringed on copyrights, but I don't mind. It's fine. It's literally called Find You. But he did not, I have to say. Yeah, he was unsuccessful. I would the song. It's the song. I can't believe I didn't have a subliminal um, context for that. I can't believe You know what it probably was, is he was like, where is this wonderful, fabulous girl likely to go? Surely not Georgia. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> I have like thought about this in the movie that is my life. That like the only time anyone of any sort of notoriety would ever come to Augusta, Georgia was during Masters Week, which the golfing tour. Yes, which I ardently avoided like the plague, like COVID. I was like, the Masters is COVID. I can't go. I'm sorry. And I have to wear a mask. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't I don't know why, because COVID isn't a thing yet at this time in the story, but that's where we're at. It's fine. Okay. So they've had about four minutes of me just talking to myself. So I think we should probably intro this bad boy <laughs> well this is the this is the prep that we're just recording because the preamble cool. or the preamble where's my pen where's my pen what okay see life is a shambles that's not the one that i was using which means that miko was gonna find it later and it's gonna be a thing 
straight to jail. <laughs> <laughs> right away. Hey, hey, hey. Hi. Hey, what's up? Hello. Hi. I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. And this week's transcontinental tea is all about body positivity. <laughs> See what we did there. Normally you'd spell it with a T-Y. We spell it with a T-E-A. Thus matching our aesthetic. Our slogos. <laughs> our slogo. Okay, earlier I was talking about a slogan. And as all of us at some point in our lives have done, mm-hmm. I accidentally combined two terms, I think creating a hybrid, called a slogo. A slogan slash logo. Hence, slogo. Slogo which I was referring to 2020. I was saying if 2020 had a slogan or slogan for you old school kids, it would be, it was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. It never got better. 2020. (laughs) But it's like a really happy chorus. 2020. You know, like the (laughs) Like a rocket kick line. (laughs) Yeah, those girls. Yes. 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 So today's pod body positivity. <laughs> I'm gonna just drive right by that. Body positivity. I know you heard it. Acknowledge it. Nope. It was a B. Stand by that. I will die saying it was a B. Betrayal. <laughs> Straight to jail. Right to jail. TikTok thing that Emma... So Emma's been infecting my brain for the last couple of weeks with TikTok videos. A lot of it is Shit's Creek related, I'd like to say. It is. But the thing is, TikTok is like a crack dealer. Like it gives you a little bit at first and then it just goes to the next video because like you need more. And so like it has almost played like 18 additional videos to the ones that she sent me. But in fairness, there is one where a guy, this guy is talking over a video about a dog and the dog does something and he's like, right to jail. And he puts him in the, he, she, they, puts the dog in the kennel right away. And so now I keep saying right to jail. To Emma. <laughs> right, right to jail. <laughs> Betrayal. Um. <laughs> Anywho, um, that was our prep. That's what we did the whole time, just so you guys know. So literally a lot of conversation about 2020 slogos and the Jonas Brothers. So have fun. Um, I think it's time for tea of the week. I agree. So I love that personally. Sublime. <laughs> you don't get that reference. It was Sad easy. For you. Sad for Go you. watch it. Right now. Do you want to kick off tea of the week? Because I have another Hannah's words with friends. Well, um, your tea of the week. Do you want to introduce the word of the week? I would love to. So we were talking about. Emma, and if you remember a couple episodes back, she was going on and on, as was I, about the futility of dating apps and how fruitless her experiences had been. Cut to about an hour later. What did you do, Emma? You know, I'd like to start this off by saying, no, no, no explanation. The chair has not recognized you. I just want you to say what you did. I yeah she's back on bumble so i came up with a word that fits our podcast just for her which we call hypocrisy h-i-p-o-c-r-i-t-e-a hypocrisy not to be confused with hypocrisy which is the actual root word correct anyway continue with your hypocrisy well first of all as i was saying covid has made life very difficult i continue feeling fruitless in this endeavor i wish I you were laying it. on the floor while you're talking about this i have reached a point in my life <laughs> <laughs> this is where i'm at let me reiterate that i like attention yes this is why i'm here this is that's the truth. all i'm seeking that's it and that need is met all the time it's great i don't actually have to like go out with these guys which is like almost too far for me you know there's a lot that's of like line, really is i don't actually want to date you i don't want to date you tell me i'm pretty <laughs> I will move on. Here we are. So I have two baby Hippocrates because like I said, this has been a fruitless effort. It continues to be so. I'm okay with that. I don't expect to date anyone for real on these apps. Um, it's just Although she fun- does have a promising Applebee's encounter schedule. So stay <laughs> tuned. 
Oh my God. I can't talk about that right now. It hasn't happened yet, but once it does, we'll have a discussion. You can emotionally process this. I can't think about it too hard right now. Um, Are you going to get the two for one starters? I've heard they have $1 margaritas. So I'm hoping that's get apps? Should we get apps? I love an app. Get the, the wings chicken tenders combo thing that they've got going on it's just a bunch of chicken that's what i want anyway <clears throat> so the first one <clears throat> that i'll go with is the man who called me six times in one night so i fully expect to be booty called on these sorts of apps i don't follow through with that i'm not interested in that i ignore them this man called me six times on i believe it was a thursday it was a thursday night thursday night okay and he happened to be in the city and he was like let's like hang out and i was like it's 11 p.m and i'm not like the subways close at one like i'm not going i'm not going anywhere and at 1 a.m he starts calling me and he called me in about 10 minute intervals six times and then he texted me and then he asked if i was alive (laughs) it me (laughs) um and i saw the text ignored it in the morning i was like yeah i was alive and then we never spoke again (laughs) so that's just that's an average encounter on this app for me i can't remember exactly which specific one was the second one oh i think it was my um hilarious intro i didn't think it was funny but i thought it was really funny listen i try not to be that so on bumble the women have to message first and i try not to be that girl who's just like hey because i think that's boring and like there's eight million people in new york city I must stand out in some way. So I Let do that. Let me just have a tiny interlude. Okay. When I was on Bumble unsuccessfully, all I said was, hey. Well, hey, smiley face with the parentheses and the colon. Right. Thank you for your time. Old school, old school smiley. Early 2000s smiley. So. Um, Back to you. <laughs> I think those are emoticons versus emojis. They're different. I don't know. I think that's correct. I'm not taking corrections at this time. Um, he in his bio I like to make my messages tailored to the bio because I think that shows that like I read your bio and I'm interested in in you specifically so it said something you should know about me I can open any jar no matter how tight the lid is so in hindsight I can understand why this might come off as odd to some people especially if they're in the like the market for just a girl to have sex with which is not me anyway but I said, can you open the jar that I keep my emotions in? Like a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought it was funny. I I still think it's funny. Um, And he unmatched me (laughs) without responding. (laughs) I was unfollowed. (laughs) And so after that, in my bio specifically, I said, if weird intro lines freak you out, just move on move to the left to the left beyonce style i'm not the girl thing for you. you own in a box to the left exactly but the thing you right. own is your dignity so go that way <laughs> get out of here <laughs> own is your dignity so follow it where it leads you <laughs> and that's where i'm at with that's an average experience for me i will not change who i am i will be myself from the start no matter what even if it is not attractive to men in new york city i'm okay with and so the tiny journeyer continued on her dating adventure, blind ambition and filled with hope. She embarked on another useless date. It's true. I'm out a week away from deleting it, I think. So give or take. Yeah, we'll get there. You'll re-download another one and you'll be like, this is a It is a cycle. I think How it's does just- this keep happening to me? <laughs> I think it's just the swiping is fun. And it's kind of like, I could either write a term paper or I could just like, judge men on how they look immediately and we know which one is better for your education absolutely yeah so so my tea of the week is also vanity based um but it is about beauty so i did something that i think only women do i drove about 120 miles round trip to (laughs) so it was like an hour and a half away to get a patch test done for lash extensions. Here's the background. I was gonna get lash extensions for my wedding. And to do that in the UK, they do this thing because they care about health, safety, and your body mm, where they do mean? a patch test. I know, Americans are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you do what? We just you set go our hair and you see what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hair falls out, oops. 
<laughs> you ask, they ask you like, have you ever like had an allergic reaction? And you're like, nope. And they're like, great. His products, we've never used them. You That's before. science. <laughs> um, so basically the patch test consists of them putting a small amount of the product, whatever they're going to use on you, be it hair dye or lash glue, et cetera. I almost said et cetera because I keep joking with Emma about it, but it's et cetera. <laughs> Anyway, they put it like somewhere on your body. And then as long as you don't have an allergic reaction, you just wipe it off and move on with your life. So I was excited. I was peppy. I was like, right. And I listened to a lot of podcasts on my way down. I mean, nowhere near the caliber of this fine show. Um, <laughs> they wish. Some subpar podcasts, you know. We won't listened name them, it, so we spare them. Enjoyed it. Got to the place. And have you ever gotten somewhere and Google Maps is like, you have arrived. And it's not and there. It just didn't look there. Like I looked at it and I'm like, this looks like a hotel. This is not right. This looks like a restaurant in there. Like this is not a lash place. So I looked it up and there were two sites that this lash place could be site A and site B. I was at site A. So I drove to site B, which was another 20 minutes away. And I drove by it and it was closed. I called the place and I was like, hi, I'm desperately trying to do a patch test. Uh Um, Is there any way possible that you could tell me where you are? And she was like, yeah, we're in our building. And I'm like, oh, Oh, I didn't think to look there. I was looking for you in a tree. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So so she's like, yeah, literally like we're here. And I'm like, cool, where's here? So um, fun fact, it was at site A. So I had to drive back. 20 minutes okay and then parked then walked up I was there for a grand total of eight seconds after she said hi how can I help you and I was like um I really want to just get this patch test done because I do the white chicks work there is that what what basically (laughs) basically she was very unimpressed with me just Mm -hmm. in general I mean to be fair I had a hair clip in I was wearing a sweatshirt and leggings so I wasn't out there to win votes you know, but, but what is anyway. the vote? I mean, truly, um, I think it's like buttons now. Mm. I digress. So she has me fill out a form. She takes one cotton ball Q-tip and she dabs it behind my ear. Yeah. Dabs the other end behind my ear. And she goes, go with God. Like, <laughs> like that was it. And I'm like, I just drove a dang. So like such a long distance for such a stupid appointment. And only a girl would do that. And now the funny thing is we're going into a second lockdown. So I won't even go to my lash appointment tomorrow. L O L beauty Mm. fail. Isn't that just the way Han? It really is. So let's talk about speaking of beauty. Let's talk about what we should do this month for product. What should we be putting in our bag? Okay. Well, I don't think you can necessarily fit mine in a bag because it is a company, but depends on the bag. They sell. (laughs) Get on in here, you. (laughs) Hop on in. Yeah, it's an IKEA bag. Everything fits. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to talk about a place called Insomnia Cookies, which I believe is a chain. I've only ever encountered it here, but I'm sure it exists elsewhere in other large metropolitan areas. Um, And basically, say. You could say, I don't know for sure. I have not done the research. If you feel behooved to do that, by all means. But I, it was midnight and I just really wanted a cookie. As we've all wanted. Sure. And I, I don't buy these things normally from my home for this reason. Why um, is that? So that I don't eat all of them. Okay. In one go. Cookies. Cookies. Um, <laughs> um, but I was just. I, I was like two Trulies deep. <laughs> I was like, I'm feeling reckless. I'm going to order a cookie. I'm wilding out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was watching a DreamWorks Pixar movie. I don't know. I was watching some sort of cartoon. And you know how they make food look really good on those movies? Like, yeah, this is like kind of what happened. The inspiration was reeling. So I get on Uber Eats and there's like an ice cream place that I've had before. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like I kind of want ice cream, but I also kind of want like cake. I don't want to buy a cake. What should I do? And then insomnia cookies popped up and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a late night dessert place that was designed as far as I'm concerned, specifically for me. Right. Should be Emma's cookies for late night snacking, which I'm sure would be expensive to get the sign replaced, but I think we should explore it. 
Yeah, hopefully they did like a Wix website where they could just swap it. Sure, super easy. But that's mine. I just love it. I get a ice cream on top of a cookie, but they also do cookie witches. <laughs> Which is a cookie sandwich. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's just ice cream between two cookies. And it's ingenious. <laughs> yep. So, hey, Ham, what's yours? Mine is something that we have hinted at. We've pointed to. Hmm. We've gestured towards. Sure. And such. Um, thusly. <laughs> on this lovely show. Henceforth, thusly. World <laughs> um, and it is something that I have now watched twice through hopefully soon to be thrice. It is one of my new favorite shows, probably my new favorite show that I've found in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And it is the utopian program we love to call Shit's Creek. I cannot say enough about this sweet little unassuming Canadian program. The wit is next level. The references are perfect. The gifs are amazing. The gifs, if you say it wrong, however you want to do it (laughs) but I could not be more obsessed with it I make tons of Schitt's Creek references as hopefully you will find in the other episodes and or I will make in the future just in case anyone was wondering I personally identify as David Rose Emma contested that I'm a little bit Alexis but I would like (laughs) to say I I am standing by David David is who I am in my soul of souls Mm -hmm. so uh if I had to assign Emma a character I would say she's a Moira I agree. Um, with just a touch of Alexis. Um, a little, I have a teeny tiny bit of Alexis, but it doesn't fit as well in the song. So, yeah. Um, so if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, go now. I genuinely have just made your year because it is fantastic. Go forth. Watch. Do make reference. The end. Live well. <laughs> um, I think now would be a great time to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Obviously, as you know, we don't actually have sponsors, so please do not follow any links presented in the following program. Thank you for your time. Have you ever been thinking, I really want to go on a first date, but I'm kind of terrified? Well, guess what? Your first date could be made up of serial killers, murderers, which are somehow distinct from serial killers, other criminals, bad breath humans, guys who are really into feet. And you can prevent this by using one simple service. It's something we like to call date for me. In these categories, you can choose from five. You can either have a state for you, have a state with you, have a state instead of you and you never go, or five, all of the above. Date for me is an essential service. I mean, how many of us girls, guys, etc have been on a first date thinking my god get me out of here no more by calling 1-800-DATE-FOR-ME you too can have a much better dating experience listen now to one of our client testimonials before i close this up and close you on the deal yeah so i was scheduled to go on a date with this like really weird hairy guy and I was like mm, you know I kind of would just rather stay inside and watch Hocus Pocus and my PJs with my slippy slippers on so I sent a date for me representative in my stead I never heard from the guy but I'm gonna assume it went really well because the date thanks so much Emma I'm so glad that you took advantage of this amazing service we are just so excited to put you in touch with our dating partner team you have three simple steps to get a date for you rep number one call 1-800-DATE-FOR-ME I've just been informed that's not enough numbers for a phone number okay add nine 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 seven yes thank you Christy that was unhelpful And so you dial that number and then one of our immediate response technicians will set you up with a personal dater. Basically, it's like a personal shopper, but way more expensive. By paying $29.95 at least eight times over time, you too can have a personal dater just for you. Once again, that's 1-800-DATE-FOR-ME-9997. I'm so happy we teamed up with those sponsors, Emma. They seem like a real <laughs> treat. Yeah, they were great. I'm like really happy that um, they were willing to do this little um, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that was so good. You know, we like to put only the highest quality sponsors on our show because we think quality matters, you know? I truly agree with that, Hannah. And have you seen Dirty John? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want someone to go on a date for them? So if you, they get murdered, it's actually the date for you person. Yeah, you know, I might use them for my Applebee's date on Thursday. Because nobody likes Applebee's. <laughs> and yet they're sorry, still in Applebee's. business. <laughs> in advance, we're sorry, Applebee's. <laughs> uh, whew, okay, that was um, so great of them to come in and out really quick to do that ad for us. We have, have no affiliation beyond them sponsoring this show. We do not know them. We have never met them. Those are just- We will, dreams. however, take any proceeds from their money. <laughs> Love that. Thanks, Preesh. Okay. Love that for you. Okay. Um, what we have now is a segment, another one of Hannah's words that I like to call stupidity. Yes, that's ending with T, T-E-A. Now we're gonna talk about body positivity. You're probably like, oh my goodness, Hannah and Emma, you said body positivity and you yet and still have not introed it. You've not talked about it. Don't you worry, don't you fret. No woman, no cry. We will get to it. As I was saying, we're gonna go into stupidity, which I have designed a super special segment devoted to the five dumbest things we've done to achieve the ideal body, which let me tell you, the list really could have been longer, if I'm honest. We could have done 20 things and we would have been like, oh yeah, and that. So I think we should go tit for tat, one for one. Okay. Um, especially because our first one is the exact same. Okay. So number one out of five, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done to achieve your ideal, in quotation marks, body? Consultation for cool sculpting. Yes and amen, yep. <laughs> so dumb. And then they told me how much it would cost and I cried in my car. Retail price for cool sculpting, $1,400 to $2,000 per session per area. Yep. Reasonable restrictions apply. <laughs> so <laughs> they're not a basically I went in and I like pulled on my arm and I was like, this must go. <laughs> and, and I was like finding any pocket of skin that I could. I'm like, can we cool sculpt this? Yes. <laughs> like, how about this? Man, that's your nose. Yes. <laughs> cool sculpt it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, take it, just take it off. Out of hand. And basically they were like, yeah, you can totally cool sculpt that. And I was like, yes. And then we got to the end and I was like, oh, great. Um, I think honestly, we just need to price it out for you so that you can effectively manage your payments. Right. And I was like, okay, okay. So they draw me this little chart and it's like amount of cool sculpting, less money, money in your bank account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking all your money. <laughs> and it's, it's very Here's the chart thing. of your sadness over this conversation. It starts way down here because you're hopeful about what's going to happen to you. <laughs> and way and up here. Spikes. <laughs> yeah, I got that so, too. Yeah. That was dumb. I digress. What is your second one? My second one is, so I was on Accutane for quite some time. And anyone who knows mm -hmm. anything about Accutane knows that it's just a surplus of vitamin A. It's just a crap load of vitamin A, which will deform your baby if you get pregnant. So don't get pregnant. I had to take pregnancy tests every time I got a refill. You also have to be on like one to two forms of birth control, yes, right? You have to be on at least one form of birth control plus the pregnancy test before the, and you have to like go online and fill out this like pledge of like, I am not knowingly pregnant. I did not have taking. sexual relations with that woman. And so I did, I went to um, get my brows waxed during that same time period because I am vain and beauty is important to me. You're so vain. Correct. And- The song is about me. Thank you. It, it, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I so appreciate that. <laughs> um, but when, uh, when, what happens with Accutane is it dries you out. Like it's good and bad because your hair will also like, so I have like, like a tendency to have oily hair if I don't wash it every other day. Mm. But with Accutane, you could theoretically get away with not washing it for like days at a time because it just did not get oily. Mm. But your lips will also chap. Your skin, and here's where this comes in, will come off if wax is applied. So yep. I get my brows waxed, skin would just come with it. Oh but I knew it was going to happen and I did it anyway. Oh, What's yours? Um, my second one I think is going to come later in your lineup. So we can just combine those, okay. but it is, I used to work out five to six days a week with a full face of makeup on like mm -hmm. a bull, like a bull, bull. <laughs> literally bait to the gods. Like why I was in a gym with mostly unattractive people. And what was I thinking? Like, 
if you don't wear makeup, the guy that is on treadmill three won't walk up to you and say, hey, how you doing? Like, what? Who yeah, are you? I did this also. And then I, um, you know, also got really bad breakouts and I yep. dealt with it and just let it happen. I was like, why is my skin so angry? Like, everyone mm. in the movie theater like stop <laughs> <laughs> can't figure it out guess i better put my foundation on it's time i go to the gym better apply some more foundation to go to the gym to i run. also You're and sometimes stuck. i still do this if i'm like really feeling myself if i'm in like I'm bad bad and bougie <laughs> mood but i have worn hoop earrings to work out i don't do it now because of masks and that makes it impossible to wear hoops in general and also it's really dumb <laughs> but it, i look cool so cool. You can't tell me otherwise. Like the girls who wear their hair down. So cool. Okay, I, that mm, I don't. That's a different episode. I can't get into it right now. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Stupid. Uh, stupid. I should have said trigger warning. Emma is triggered. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> I bought a skinny tea. You know, one of those Instagram like advertised. If you drink this twice a day, it'll be the size of Nicole Richie teas. Yeah, I bought mm. one of those. I call that cocaine. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't know that the cocaine was sold separately. So oh, the didn't do much for me. Yeah, sprinkle it in. <laughs> Just put yeah. a crack on there. Get out of there, Johnson. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly it. What was your next one? My next one is that I would do just hours in the sauna. Yuck. Just go in and out. I would go, I'd go in 20 minutes, go out for 10, in for 20, out for 10. And I would do it for like two hours oh my gosh. to shed water weight. But I was also dehydrated. What does that do to your body? It makes you ill. I vomited more than once. Fun fact. Here we are. It makes you want to (laughs) die. I have spent, this could also be its own episode. I've spent, I'm not even sure how much I'm I'm scared. I almost said I'm scared to say. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I'm very scared to calculate how much I've spent on useless, stupid skincare. I think it's really dumb. And like looking back, I should have just tried to find lower income things that worked, like lower expense things that worked that were dupes for higher price items. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know to do that because I was just looking for like a magic silver bullet that would cure sure. my cystic acne. And good Lord, like I tried everything like proactive. Right. I tried like all sorts of crap that literally just made my skin angry. So thousands of dollars that I could have put towards a house spent on useless skincare. Womp womp. I think I have one more. Yeah. Cause you also wore makeup <laughs> right. at the gym. So, so my last one, one was- would probably be um, just the sheer amount of time I've spent doing cardio. Right. Especially on prep days, I would do an hour a day every day on top of lifting so I was at the gym for approximately, and sometimes I still, I, now I just lift longer and do cardio for like 20, 30 minutes. But back then it would be lift for an hour, cardio for an hour. Yes. And that was my life. Lots of Stairmaster. I can't even do the Stairmaster for like 10 minutes. I get so tired of it. It's horrible. My last one is also a workout one. It was the amount of stupid, like, quasi yoga pose inner thigh workouts that I tried to get a thigh cap because that's <laughs> oh how my God. that works <laughs> yeah like genetically you either have a thigh gap or you don't based on where your bones are correct little did 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 year old Hannah know that <laughs> genetically <laughs> happening okay right. mm-hmm. like it you can I could not like I would have to do a split to have a thigh gap. Like it is just never going to be a thing. And I did hours of clamshell, open the clamshell, close the clamshell, open the clamshell, close the clamshell, mm. like hours of inner thigh workouts, trying Pilates workouts, trying barre workouts. And it's like, <laughs> let me tell you, I still have thighs. So they're there. They, they catch my phone when I drop it, when I'm sitting in the toilet. So thanks. They also hold a lot of stuff for me and mm, get stuck on jeans. So thank you for your time. Um, can we just define what preach is for those who don't know? Because <sighs> I didn't know up until like, I don't know, six months ago when I made Emma tell me, I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, Preach is appreciate. It's a way to say thanks. Preach. It is an Emma word, much like Hannah's words. <laughs> I have a few. They're sprinkled. And when we encounter them, we will explain. 
we will define. We're going to eventually put out a dictionary. So quickly get to your nearest bookstore and buy that bad boy. Hurry and run. I think it's time for sip on this. I love a good sip. Sippity sip on this. The tea is exceptionally good today. (laughs) Who made this? Mm, Very delicious. As Wendy Williams said, today's tea is in fact delicious. Very delicious. So do you want to enter this? Because you have, I would say, more exposure to this topic. And I I have equal interest, but less exposure, if that makes sense. Sure. I think that has a lot to do with social media presence. Um, Concur. um, So we're going to talk about body positivity. (laughs) I'll a good pun today. But in the confines of it not necessarily being an always positive thing our positivities and quotations so i am very excited to talk about this we have a few points we're going to go over so that we keep it more structured because this could be something we spiral off in very easily because we both we could have talk for hours a lot of yeah. feelings about it <laughs> just have a lot of feelings <laughs> just <even> going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. see this is so, a pop culture podcast i forgot to tell you guys obviously <laughs> Um, if that wasn't clear by now. So body positivity movement, what is it? Um, I mean, I guess that's a subjective definition for a lot of people. Um, to me, it's the collective effort to normalize bodies, regardless of their like natural shape. Like how you come out looking is how you look. You know, there's obviously like toning and working out, and, like all kinds of things you can do to alter it to an extent. Surgically alter you could surgically alter, which is, I mean, that should be included in the body positivity movement. But to me, normalizing bodies means getting to the point where we're okay with ourselves without having to explore that. Mm. Yeah. I think for me, body positivity, and we'll talk more about like our personal connection to it, but body positivity evokes an image of like curvy women in the mainstream, because it seems like the mainstream in the last 10, 15 years has been very thin dominant. You know, if you don't look like Giselle Bündchen where you're like, you know, sucked in, um, you are not quote unquote, ideally proportioned or ideally beautiful. So body positivity has a lot to do with that. The other thing about body positivity is that it's very, very social media focused. Like I don't really see people in person talking about it. You know what I mean? Like I've never been at brunch and been like, let's talk about body positivity. If it comes up, it's very natural. You know, it's not really like a, hey, should we talk about the impact of body positivity? On right, women? we're not sitting there like, you know what we haven't talked about in a while? <laughs> body positivity. <laughs> How are you feeling? No, I mean, it's usually- What does your body want to say to you right What, is, what does your body say to you if she was- Give me coffee. <laughs> My body always says- Go to sleep. Where's the water? Get a job. <laughs> Maybe eat less cookies, Emma no how about that <laughs> no counterpoint no <laughs> counterpoint i'm not going to consider so um, we talked about the pros and the cons of this because overtly body positivity is good mm-hmm. um on the whole like right. body positivity is a positive concept like it's obviously in the name but it's a good thing yes and i also think how the movement started is also a good thing like it's right. core which is to be okay with who you are, I think, was the message that I always got from it. Sure. So what are some of the pros that you find with the movement? Because for me, not looking like what the average Instagram person looks like or Instagram model looks like, it's been really nice to have people on my social media feed who look like me, who wear clothes like me, who look like anything but a typical like Vogue model, you know, cause I'm never going to be able to wear that outfit because I have thighs and a bootay. So that's what they're trying to make a way on the e, <laughs> I was trying to find a way to make it less like booty. <laughs> cake, baby. Cake, 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 cake. Um, I agree. I am the same way. I have replaced a lot of the people that I initially followed when I began working out and sort of getting involved in the fitness community with people that like are shaped like me. And there was a big reason that like I initially wanted to have a presence on social media was because I was finding that there are so many women who I just physically 
cannot ever look like because yeah. I'll never be four foot 11, 110 pounds. Yeah. Which is not to say that they don't work hard or work out, you know, obviously they're doing something, but I, if I can't relate to you, the content is not useful to me. It just makes me go into the dark place. Well, and I think that's a good launching point for like the cons of it, because really the cons of it are comparison. At least a major one for me is like, yes, body positivity should include all shapes and sizes. But if you take it to one extreme where there's an ideal body, then you start to compare yourself to that body. And no matter whether it's bigger or smaller than you, you start to doubt your own worth and your validity. And Mm -hmm. it's like, why are we allowing this nameless, faceless person who has, you know, a side profile shot on Instagram to undermine our self-esteem? Right. And I've always believed that comparison is the thief of joy because it can be true in any context. But since we're talking about body positivity here, it's kind of like there's a pro to the con in that like there are accounts now that are sort of side by side those photos yeah so like georgie clark is a great example she will post her sucking in super thin like this is what i look like all the time photo and then she'll just post a photo of her sitting there like no this is what i look like and it's a totally different body so yeah the con should also say mick zazen and kelsey Mm -hmm. light are great accounts great and follow they're like it's it's good to see people that look like you also be quote-unquote popular on social media because you always think that like you won't ever succeed or be as big or known if that's like your goal as a very thin person if you're not a thin person because that has been the trend but really it's just about like because Instagram's got an algorithm, it's going to show you things that are related to what you already follow. Yeah. So if you're only following very small girls. So speaking of cons, just jumping back to that, you have a very specific opinion about the body positivity movement relative health. Yes. So I think that there are two sides to this. Um, So I want to make that clear that I'm not just saying one or the other, but I think any point where the movement is supporting women who are hurting themselves and their health. I'm not on board with that. I don't consider that body positivity. I do not condone anorexia. I do not condone obesity. Those are two very separate sides of the spectrum. And for some reason, it's okay to criticize women who have, you know, very, very thin physiques, but it seems that the positive movement has sort of turned into a health at every size movement which I inherently disagree with because I don't believe you can be morbidly obese and also be healthy. It's just not plausible. I don't support that facade of, you know, like, and it's so weird because body positivity is supposed to be about like loving yourself no matter what. And I totally support that. But once you start putting it out there that like, it's okay to jeopardize your health this way, I'm just not there for it. Well, and I think it can feel kind of hopeless when you are at either end of the health spectrum. If you're battling an eating disorder or if you are battling obesity and you've been trying for a long time to make a change and it hasn't worked, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it would be appealing to go, yeah, I am great at whatever size I'm at. Um, And I'm sure it would ease your mind a little bit in terms of, no, it's not me, it's society. I think, I think this ties well into point two. And my problem with the movement is not at all necessarily that there is a movement or that it is reflective of a lot of sizes. My problem with it is we are constantly, constantly talking about women's bodies. Mm-hmm. We don't see the same impact of like a male body positivity movement. And that's not to say that men shouldn't be represented in it. It's that when we talk about women, magazine after magazine after magazine, press report, all media stuff, especially social media, is mm-hmm. so fixated on women's bodies. And it never talks about their mind. It never talks about their accomplishments, nothing. It's True. what size jeans are you? And that is so demeaning in my brain. Like uh, we talked about earlier this week, we were talking about Lizzo. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, when her music first came out, it wasn't, look at this new breakout artist. What an interesting sound. It was, look at this plus size woman who's owning her shape. And I'm like, why are we talking about her waist size? Why is that a a part of the conversation? Like Ruben Stuttered on American Idol wasn't, wow, he can sing and he's got curves. What a package. Like it was just, 
Ruben Stutter can sing, done. Like I take a lot of issue with the fact that we are consistently and constantly either defending or offending women's measurements. And we're constantly just going back and forth about what their body should look like. And it's like, why are we talking about their bodies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, at one point do we have run out of things to say, you know, like we're all like, I, I just, I, what else can we say about it? You know, I feel like all of the ground about women's bodies have been covered. I don't feel like there's anything left. So why are we still, why is this our focal point still? And that, you know, that could bring you to a conversation about like, social media and society and how our culture has impacted both of those things. And, you know, you could go around and around and around about this conversation, but in short, all I want to see from women who claim to empower women is for them to stop talking about how that woman looks, you know, like empowered women, empower women. What are you empowering me to do? Are you empowering me to look a certain way? Because that's not empowerment to me. You know, if I never see another magazine cover with, did she lose the baby weight? It will be too soon. And also like I was saying this to you, it's really frustrating to me that this is happening in the quote unquote Western world because we're supposed to be the most progressive on women's rights. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, working towards equal pay. We're supposed to be doing all this stuff. And we can't stop talking about what shape a person is mm-hmm. in relation to her value. And I just yeah. have no time for it. Like, I don't care if she's six foot two and 800 pounds or five foot one and 10 pounds, like stop talking about her physique before you introduce the other parts of her life that are relevant to the conversation. Well, you know, it's very easy for women to fall into hypocrisy with this because now women are doing it too, you know? Yeah. And that's like another big problem I have with this quote unquote movement is that it's not even about like loving yourself or being okay with yourself in all areas of life. Now it's about size and you see women criticizing women almost as much, if not more than men criticizing women for how they look, you know? And, and I think that it has to start with us as women in the movement internally before externally, anything will change for us. And I think it's, it's like a reflection of how far we've pushed this dynamic of a woman's body equals her value into Mm -hmm. society that in our collective unconscious, we're all as women talking about size, like, as women, we are trying to say, this is a better size than that, or you should be this size, but not that size. Quote unquote, real women have curves or whatever. What do you think about her being that size? Nobody cares. Genuinely, nobody cares. Like stop talking about her body. Start talking about her brain. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. I have to really, we have no rights to or affiliation with TED talks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really have to train myself to notice other things about people before I notice their size because it is so ingrained in my head and I see it so much throughout the day like if I scroll through my Instagram feed it's either memes about 2020 or it's fitness accounts of some sort you know um yeah and so when I see people it's it's tempting if I see a person on the street it's tempting to judge them immediately based on their size when really like that woman maybe she's like one of the top attorneys in the state, you know, like, I don't know. I have no idea because I don't know anything about her. And I have been sort of trained to not care about that if she doesn't look a certain way. Well, and I think especially your background is competitive fitness. So mm-hmm. I think in that cycle, you are not only trained to judge yourself really harshly, but to judge other people really harshly. And if you go back to all of our discussions on relationships, like you associate physical status with relational health Mm -hmm. and like even in a breakup you're like I was at this size and we were happy I was at this size and we weren't happy and I think it all goes back to that unhealthy space of like you have to look this way or your life is not good like you have to change well that's it becomes then a a thing of perception you know like how am I going to show to the world that I am worthwhile in some way if they won't even look twice at me because I don't look like attractive in some sort of capacity you know yeah. like so it's so while I think I have cooled off a lot in that regard it's definitely still something that I have to like be consciously working on because it's so yeah. easy to fall back into well and same for me like I don't have the competitive fitness background that you do but 
Um, we've talked about this a teeny bit before. I don't tend to talk about it because it was mixed memories, not all fond. Um, but we were both in the Navy. And part of that was we were fitness tested, which one would think is, can you complete these fitness goals within the set amount of time? Nope. No, it's like, can I weigh you? Can I tape you like a racehorse? Can I measure you in every way possible to make sure that you fit a quote unquote aesthetic ideal that is based on BMI, which is crap. Just take some, I don't have enough time to tell you how crappy BMI is, but go Google it. It's crap. So point being, it developed a lot of negative mental patterns in me. And I started not only to look at myself as too big, but to act out and try to like create a new reality where my body could just be thin. Mm -hmm. And I really got like on one, like, I mean, Um, and you know this, but I had what is called psychosomatic bulimia. So basically I have never stuck my fingers down my throat, but I would work myself up into such a fit about what I'd just eaten that I would end up purging. Mm -hmm. And that went on for most of my early Mm twenties. And I think like, you can't, explain enough the impact that small things, small comments have, especially when you're like primed for an eating disorder. So if enough people tell you over time, this is what you should look like. This is what you should look like. This is what you should look like. And you don't have any counterbalancing forces to be like, no, that's not right. Right. Then you start to really develop those thinking patterns. And I mean, thankfully I've been in recovery for many moons now, but I, I think most psychologists would say to you, like, there is no recovering or being fixed in terms no of an eating cure, disorder. quote unquote. Yeah. Like disorder. you, you deal with it your whole life, whether that's yeah. responding to micro triggers or making sure that you don't set yourself up. Right. But basically it's only within the last couple of years that I've gotten moderately comfortable with my body. And how sad that like I'm 27 and it's just now that I'm like, okay with my own skin. Yeah. Okay. With my own weight. Okay. With my own shape, because listen, we're not all born to be size twos and Mm -hmm. clothing size cannot indicate your value or your health. And learning that took so long for me. And I wish I would have had influences in my life then, like I had now, because I've completely scrubbed my feed. Basically I've removed anybody who makes me feel bad about the way that my body is naturally shaped. Now that is not to say I eat 18 sleeves of Oreos a day and I drink slushies and I lay on the couch and I avoid anyone who tells me that that's not living the dream. Um, but it is to say like, you want to have influencers. If you're art, if you are going to follow influencers who were not pointing you to a dangerous health direction. Right. Yeah. I think that the aging thing for women is a big factor in, um, how a lot of women later in life develop dysmorphia. Mine definitely started in my early twenties. Um, I remember being at our, our language school early days and it was not a thought in my mind at all, what I was eating or what I looked like. It was literally just, not. I, I can't remember a single thought, <laughs> not even never in my mind that I think like I need to lose weight. Really. It was more just like, I mean, I didn't even know how to weight lift back then. I was just living life. And we were so young still that our metabolisms were kind of like on board with that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely had chips, pizza, et cetera, yes. most weeks. All the time. <laughs> it was, it was great. I loved it, you know? And I, I wish that I felt now about myself the way I felt then, because like, I didn't feel unattractive and never in my mind was it a thought that like, this person won't like me because I don't look a certain way. Yeah. That was just never never processed until I started bodybuilding was when it's, and this is not to say that bodybuilding is an automatic eating disorder trigger for everybody. It's not a lot of people do fine with it. I don't want to disparage it or discourage people from competing. I love competing because it's hard. That's why I like it because it's a process. But for me already having diagnosed OCD, it manifests itself as bulimia. And mine's not psychosomatic. I full on just stick them down and purge it. And I'm medicated. I would like to point out that this is not like, I'm not a frequent flyer anymore. I am medicated. I go to therapy and it is just a portion of my OCD and my generalized anxiety disorder. And that's how they present themselves. So 
but it was coupled with my coaches even telling me like, you're not losing weight fast enough. The Navy being like, you are 32% body fat because that's what BMI means. And I would just like to point out that BMI cannot differentiate between body fat and muscle. So if you have a high BMI, it's very possible you just have a high amount of muscle. And anyone who knows anything about fitness knows that. But you have these random people who just run a lot. So they're naturally thin measuring you in the military and being like, well, because you aren't 30 pounds under your max, that means that you're in danger of being overweight and obese. Like that, that body fat percentage, that's obesity. We have never, ever in our lives been at risk of being morbidly obese. Ever. No, but they told you that you were like, they told, they told me that I was 33% body fat when yeah. we were at language school. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what does that even yeah, mean? They told me that too. And that what they meant was BMI, which is not the same as body fat, but they don't know that because they don't educate themselves and because the Navy doesn't care. So, yeah, but I digress. My trigger was, I, I don't, I don't binge in purge i restrict and purge mm-hmm. I, I say present tense because like we said earlier it never goes away like the if you hit the right trigger and you don't have the right mechanisms in place it's just going to keep happening and the cycle will continue and once you're in yeah. it it's really hard to get back out yeah i've fallen back i i've relapsed so to speak a few times i always get back out get back on my medication and things level out and they're fine and for a while for two years i wasn't doing it until someone made me feel like they liked me better when I was doing that versus how I was at the time. So that yeah, just... and your significant other can have a huge impact on that. Like, yes, mm-hmm. your friends can, but in your case, it was your significant other that was like, I don't, what were the specific comments that he made? I mean, they weren't, they were just like, oh, like, are you sure you should be eating that? And like, you say you want to lose weight, but here you are eating such and such. And then of course, when I would get upset, they're like, I was kidding. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you weren't. We all know you weren't. And it was frustrating because when they had gone through that phase of not really working out or gaining weight, I didn't say anything because I love them regardless, but that same courtesy could not be given to me. So I fell back into the cycle because even though we weren't together anymore at that point, it was in my head. Yeah. And it's also really interesting because you would think that it would have gone differently because he initially caught you which is what made you stop in the first place Mm -hmm. you would think that knowing what that looked like on me and knowing like the pain that it causes you wouldn't make snide remarks like that and comments like that but to do that you also have to be not a completely selfish human being so yeah so oh for one there Um, whoops um (laughs) but I think just to kind of tie it up like if you were in that space right now what do you wish you would have told yourself? Cause we, Emma and I have talked about it as like accountability partners, because I think that would be the first thing that I would tell myself is tell someone sooner. Like mm-hmm. it's really important to have someone that is not going to be like, you did what if you relapse and is able to hold you accountable and at least mentally walk you back, even if physically that doesn't catch up right away. Right. But like to say, Hey, you know, that this is not what you want to be doing. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is in your house right now that needs to not be in your house? What do you need to do to write on your mirror, like, don't do it, I mean it, <laughs> that you will go in and understand it, but anybody else will be confused. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think for me, and just, I don't, maybe it's a different experience when it's coupled with OCD. It doesn't feel like something, for me, it's not about losing weight. It's like, it's physical need to do it. Like, it doesn't feel like I have power over it when I'm medicated, I can resist, like the, the thought will come to mind and I'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's very easy to move past, but when I'm not, or the dose is weird or something's going on, or if I haven't been able to make it to the gym in a certain amount of time, I don't know if like telling someone that I'm there would even occur in my brain as like an option. Because at that point I want to do it because I feel like I have to do it, you know? So all I can say for myself is I wish I would have gone to therapy sooner. Yeah. Because it made it like, it was life-changing and I was good for like years after that started until like, I mean, certain situations and circumstances caused a relapse and full frontal honesty, I still have relapses. So that's what I mean when I say that no matter what measures you're taking, it's always there in some capacity. You just learn to deal with it. Yeah. And interrupting thoughts happen in a lot of different 
issue groups, but especially with eating disorders, Mm -hmm. it's not that you're thinking about your body even, but it just, the thought enters your brain and you have to either choose in that moment or learn a pathway to choose with through therapy. No, like not interested next. And that, I think that's over time. It's really hard. Yeah. Cause your brain is um, very persuasive. The one thing I can say is I was never thin enough. I was even like looking back at photos, I was thin. Mm -hmm. I was never thin enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think I never felt satisfied. Yeah. Well, you always think was it's like kind of like a plastic surgery. You always like, what else can I do? You know? Oh yeah. Whole other podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Cover that topic some other day, but I'm the same way. I look back at photos sometimes. I'm like, you look sickly. You look ill. You're so, your head looks too big for your body. That's how thin you are. And there are some nights where I was still struggling and I'm like, man, I wish I was that small again because it made fashion easier. It made me feel like, even though obviously I wasn't confident because I was purging, um, it had the facade of confidence associated because I was small. I finally made it, you know, I was like, I'm one of them. And for me, I associated thinness with value. So I was like, now someone can love me because I'm thin. No, it's not how it works. Not true. Because I had been on both sides. Even when I was thin, (laughs) didn't matter. So I think this is a good place to transition to our fans' tea. I think so too. I agree. All Um, the fans. (laughs) All the fans that we had. It was so hard to choose, guys. I got to be honest. It was so difficult. The DMs were blowing up so it was crazy it was so nuts i was like how do i choose from this zero messages from this zero messages it's so hard i was thinking about no message (laughs) then i ended up going with also not a message um which i think was the right direction i think you guys are gonna agree really artistic and wise we would like to um address the question how do we combat body shaming Ooh, i think you should start with this Okay. Yeah. I think that is a great idea, Hannah. And I will start by saying you start internally. You start inside. So inner Emma and I need to have a talk before I can combat body shaming because I am a body shamer in my head, not out loud. I don't type it out because that's out there forever. Once you say it, don't do that. It's a lot like sending nudes. Be careful. Also a don't do it, to be honest with you. Um, Different conversation for a different day. Noodles. (laughs) We appreciate a good noodle. And nudes photo. instead. And <laughs> O-O-D-Z, nudes. Nudes. <laughs> I had a shirt that said send noodles. And I was like, please, carbs. That's what I want. <laughs> but I would say in my head, I read somewhere where like the first thought you have is not necessarily how you feel about something. It's the second thought. So I have to really be conscious about this. If I'm like, she shouldn't be wearing that. I have to really like, go back. And I think like that color looks great on her. You know, like I really have to alter it into something positive from whatever negative thing I initially thought because I have been trained in many ways and I let it continue in this way that the physicality of a person is something I assign value immediately to Mm. so I would say inside I think yeah I think most of the work honestly is inside I think if you're working a lot on stopping body shaming externally it's it's a lot like most issues of judgment you have to start with you Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is I try to stare at their face because mm-hmm. it is almost dehumanization where you just start judging someone's body parts and you don't even recognize them as person. Yeah. You just like start picking apart things. So I started to do this thing where I look at their face and I'm like, that's a human, that's a person. And it immediately softens whatever I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you have to inform your feelings. I don't think you can let your feelings just run away with you. I I think it's very instinctual to, you know, assign judgment to people. It's almost like homo erectus, very ancient of like friend foe, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's very basal. And I think you have to inform those feelings and go "Mm, higher judgment must occur here. I need to reframe this. Like you were saying, I think also accepting that difference is good diversity is a good thing and not that uniformity needs to be met like everybody doesn't have to look the same and Mm -hmm. everybody shouldn't look the same right and I think in a lot of ways we're kind of bashed over the head with like everyone must look the same and it's like it's very step was the stepford wise that was that what it was yeah super creepy 
Yeah. And, you know, just to address earlier comments that I made with the body positivity movement, it's not that I oppose people who have larger, more voluptuous physiques or smaller ones. You know, I don't want it to be confused. That's how you look. That's how you look. Some people will never be below a size 14. There's nothing wrong with that. It is sort of when you intentionally, even unintentionally take it beyond that point. If your life is at risk, then it's a problem. That's really my point. I think you definitely can't say enough plus size or smaller size. They're both good and fine and people. I think it's exactly what you said. When you get to a place of ill health, anybody should be concerned Mm -hmm. just as someone who has diabetes shouldn't be eating mindless sugar, like foot will rot, you know, like things like that, where you have to be health conscious or you can't promote that this is the way you should look at your body. Mm -hmm. One of the two. Yeah. And health is subjective. We understand that, but it's more so like if you go to a doctor, what are they going to tell you? You know, not like a 1960s doctor, but like, like an a modern day doctor. doctor who doesn't care what you weigh, but cares about your blood pressure, your cholesterol, like the indicator your heart health. Your yeah. Heart, yeah. How is your heart? That's the biggest indicator. Well, and honestly, like when I see a morbidly obese person, I don't judge them. I immediately feel sad for them. Cause I'm yeah. like, you just look close to death to me, almost like an emaciated person. You look like you need intervention, like you need help. And, you know, I, I, my heart goes out to them because it's not overnight and it's mm-hmm. not easy to fix. Yeah. But I think advertising that as good, fine and dandy is not the way any more than advertising that stopping eating and taking pills is the way. Right. I mean, it's just as bad as saying like, you need to be this size too, to be valuable. Yeah. It's just on the other side of the spectrum. And yeah. both make me uncomfortable. Um, when I see someone who's quite, quite small and I see someone who's quite, quite large, I feel like uncomfortable. I am not in charge of the movement. I think that you should love yourself no matter what's going on physically. And that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I think, I think we've sipped, you know, I think we did. We did a good sip, a sip a I think we sipped. I think we had some fans tea. And what I want to say to you is no matter what size you are, you matter. That's true. We care about you regardless. All of you, one listener. (laughs) (laughs) There's at least five. I don't know. (laughs) I love you all. You're fabulous. All right. I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. What's the tea?